Gain insight from thought leaders, explore regulatory changes, and capitalize on your technology investments. The Integra Conference connects you with fellow professionals, industry leaders, and Integra staff to gain strategic education and enhance your skills. Join us in June at the Hilton in downtown Denver, Colorado, in the heart of the eclectic Mile High City. Network with 250 pharmacy professionals from 140 pharmacies and explore an exhibit hall full of pharmacy solutions providers. Receive training on Integra products at this premier long-term care and alternate site pharmacy event. Kick off with keynote speaker Luann Brubaker as she tackles recruiting and retaining the valuable millennial workforce. Our one-on-one -on -one meetings offer every attending pharmacy a private, in-depth training session with an Integra expert. Cover questions and explore enhancement options customized to your needs. Long-term care is evolving fast. Stay ahead through interactive general sessions with renowned industry leaders, featuring riveting podcasts on The Next Generation Pharmacist and The Amazon Effect on Pharmacy. 36 in-depth product training courses increase productivity and maximize return on investment. Whether an owner, manager, pharmacist, or end user, these strategic tracks will help improve and grow your business. Eight continuing education credits, including two law credits, are available. Tackle compliance, audit preparation, secure messaging, collaborative care, value-based payment models, and more. Coupled with all this valuable education, Integra always promises a good time. Visit www.integraconference.info for more information and to register. We can't wait to see you in Denver. This is Irving Stackpole. I'm the president of Stackpole and Associates, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, it's Todd Urey with the Pharmacy Podcast Network. It's a pretty exciting time of year. We're getting into conference season, and one of the conferences that we're going to be attending and covering is the Integra Technology Conference focusing on senior care, long-term care, and really what that means where we stand today than where we were two years, five years, ten years ago. Progression of technology must always move forward, but if you don't have application and new workflow and new planning in order to leverage it, then it's not worth all the money that you put into it. So excited about the Integra conference, but equally as excited about one of our participants at the conference, Mr. Irving Stackpole is joining us on the Pharmacy Podcast. And by the way, I've been wanting to get you on the show now for some time. So Irving, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thanks so much, Todd. It's great to be here. So give our listeners just a short background on yourself. And then I have some questions regarding the presentation uh, that you'll be giving at Integra. Super. So I have a clinical background in healthcare. I started, um, as you can tell, I'm from Boston. I started at the Mass General Hospital in 1971, and I've been working in healthcare uh, and long-term care and seniors housing ever since. And I, too, agree with you that the, tech, the advance of technology is significant. And in this current environment where so much, uh, there's so much pressure on payments and regulations. Uh, the Integra uh, Technology Users Conference couldn't be coming at a more timely juncture. Uh, my background in healthcare and in long-term care has convinced me 
that technology solutions are necessary not only to improve efficiency, but to improve the overall value of healthcare to the society that supports it. So I really like that. I, I like the fact that you understand the balance because of your experience. And as someone who's been in technology within pharmacy for a number of years, I've seen both sides. I've seen over-administration, over-planning, not necessarily over, but maybe not the right planning in order to marry the technological investment. But really, really, what does that mean when we boil that down for better patient care? If it's saving my care provider time that he or she can be spending that time with me, and my family to, to kind of counsel me on getting the most out of the therapy that's been prescribed and adjustments to it, especially if I'm comorbid and have multiple disease states. It's all about the patient. And we, we hear a lot about that. We hear about patient engagement. We hear about investing back into patient communications and technology kind of, uh, you know, has, uh, has tran- transition into that and proper implementation into that. You have a upcoming presentation, and we are not going to give away the goodies per se or the, the meat of the, but I, I just want to let the listeners know, if you're not attending the Integra annual um, conference, be on the lookout. There's going to be other pro, uh, productions, other publications that are going to be coming out covering some of the show. But Irving, you're going to be talking about transitioning from fee-for-service to what is value-based care and what that means, and that's been a buzzword. So just kind of give us an overview of, of what that means to you and how you think that's going to truly impact the patient's life. Well, it's a complex question, and I'll try to respond um, in sequence in the order you ask the question. What this transition means to me is, or the way I look at this transition, is that uh, for years, of course, since the inception of the modern healthcare systems in the, in the Western world, and certainly in the United States, the regulators and the payors have used uh, the, the incidents, the transaction, the individual office visit, the individual surgical procedure, the individual treatment. Um, these have been used as the primary measure, the critical metric for control, utilization, review, and ultimately payment and then outcome measure. This transition from fee-for-service monitoring measure, and it's really a fee-for-service paradigm, this transition from fee-for-service or volume-based models to value is momentous. Um, In my experience, it's certainly the largest, if not one of the largest changes that's occurred in my 40 plus years involved in the sector. And what it means for pharmacy services providers and for those of us working in the long-term care seniors markets is also momentous. And in fact, there's quite a few of the details about this transition that are still quite up in the air. So it's very important that providers not only track with these changes and stay abreast of what's imminent, but don't become discouraged if uh, CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, attempts to make a change here and then pulls back from that change because uh, the results aren't as expected. 
uh, one shouldn't think that the baby's being thrown out with the bathwater. This migration from volume-based management and payment to value-based management and payment is almost ineluctable. It's going to occur, and we need to um, monitor that and begin to make changes today that will allow us to survive and even thrive in the future. How has your experience, Irving, given you insights for this specifically? And the reason why I'm staging this question is you have experience in assisted living facilities and care of our assisted living patient needs, which include our seniors, for years, including international organizations that have tried and have accomplished in building a better system to care for people that are institutionalized and, and needing extra care, whether that be skilled or assisted or, or, or home, you know, home living, regardless. Why has it taken so long for our healthcare system to recognize a value-based delivery of patient care versus a fee for service? Like you're going to get your car's oil changed instead of I'm a human being, I have a stomach disorder, IBS, I need to figure this out. Rather than that be transactional, why hasn't it evolved faster in your opinion? What a good question. Um, the system, as you know, the healthcare system in the United States is a $2.7 trillion juggernaut. Uh, it consumes 18.9% of the gross domestic product in the United States. So it has quite a lot of uh, mass. And as anybody from, from a basic physics course knows, that when you move mass along, it has momentum. Well, this system has an enormous amount of momentum. And that momentum, the direction of payments, the direction of the regulator, the direction of the payment system, the provider infrastructure, all of these things are difficult to change individually and extraordinarily difficult to change in aggregate, in total. And that's what value-based payment does. It changes the whole model. So there's certainly resistance. There's resistance from providers because in this model, providers take risk. Well, risk is usually the do domain of the insurance provider. And that model has to, if we have to give time, we have to allow providers time to adjust to an inevitability that sometimes they won't get paid for what they did. Well, previously, under the current system, that's an outrage. That's cause for uh, a complaint being filed against CMS. But in the vague but uh, brave new world that value-based payment represents, that risk will become part of providers' everyday warp and woof, part of what they do. To answer your question, even even more, and it's, there's quite a lot to your question, so well done, Todd. Uh, <laughs> the, in addition, the, one of the reasons the U.S. healthcare system is twice as expensive as the next uh, national healthcare system, 
um, and produces poorer outcomes, I might add. One of the reasons for that is that there's tremendous profit built into the United States healthcare system. Now, profit isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not an untoward uh, phenomenon, but that profit creates um, a set of self-interested alignments where the profit of the insurance provider is aligned with the profits of the healthcare services providers, which is aligned with the profits of the medical group. So these uh, interests mitigate against rapid change. And the regulator, in this case, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, um, need to uh, be given time to work out the necessary realignments in order for uh, this value-based payment model to take root. You understand other healthcare systems in other countries and how it has or has not worked. And you've been able to actually look at that and in medical tourism and the research that you've done and the book that you released and just your whole involvement, it's coming from someone who's actually seen it happen. And what's interesting when we look at our own system, which in my opinion is broken, it almost doesn't seem to be in favor of the patient, unfortunately, um, overall, as a country, we spend 10,000 a year per year, 10,000 per year for each person that's involved in the healthcare system and um, being treated for something. And, you know, third leading cause of death in the United States is medical errors and medical debt is spiraling out of control, uh, causing you know, personal bankruptcy and the whole um, patient record has only become more transparent really in the in the last uh, three to five years with the evolution of the EHR and how patients finally get to be able to understand and work with their physician better and work with their providers and their pharmacists better based on understanding their medical records or not understanding, but at least having access to it. And, you know, that all of these things and points, uh, you know, have, have bubbled to where we are today. And even the advent and release of uh, the, uh, the Affordable Care Act and what that's done to our system to at least get things going and at least get change happening so that we're not soaking in the status quo. So coming back full circle to your involvement at Integra, which has been this deliverable of, of technology and senior care specifically, what is it specifically about the Medicare system and the need to change things based on the baby boomers and based on senior care and based on the walls of obstacles to really get things done correctly, specifically in the Medicare sector? What, what kind of, um, I guess, pulpit statement can you make to kind of set the stage for your presentation upcoming at Integra? Well, once again, that's an extraordinarily uh, articulate and complex setup question, Todd. That I'll try to I'll try to parse apart. Uh, the bottom line is, for the folks who come to the Integrate Users Conference, are leading edge pharmacy services providers and supporting um, organizations and individuals who want to understand what's coming down the road and the smartest, best ways to respond to those imminent changes, or at least how to get ready, how to set up. And I'm going to talk at, at the conference 
I'm going to explain the pressure that long-term care providers and both skilled nursing centers and assisted living residences, the financial pressures they're under and why those pressures exist, and then how those pressures will be manifest. Um, one of the things that we're going to talk about, and this is a, a factoid, your listening audience, the, in the United States, skilled nursing centers have progressively seen an erosion in their financial status to where the day's cash on hand at a typical nursing home may be not enough to assure pharmacy services providers or other vendors that their source of payment is safe. So how can we as vendors, as providers, as professional partners to the skilled nursing and the assisted living sectors, how can we be confident? How can we build our businesses with partners, with uh, customers whose very finances uh, represent an existential threat? There are things that we can do. There are things that we need to be aware of uh, and steps that can and should be taken, which in many ways are going to alter the the fundamental dynamics of the relationships between customers and providers, like between a pharmacy service provider and a skilled nursing center. That's just one thing. Um, and we'll delve into the good models that exist for how to build a more collaborative cross-continuum arrangement, a, a system of collaboration across the to which you referred earlier, um, Medicare historically has not only been uh, tolerant of silos, but have actually enforced by regulation the separation of certain providers by virtue of payment and reporting. Um, for example, an institutional a hospital based pharmacy is absolutely separated. Uh, by regulation and by payment model from a closed-door institutional pharmacy, which is, again, separated from the third, a retail pharmacy. And an individual, say, uh, Mrs. Yuri, who your mom goes to the hospital and needs to have a hip replacement, well, in the course of 30 days or so, she's going to be exposed to three different formularies. Well, that's not conducive to a successful episode and a good outcome for, for Mrs. Yuri's uh, treatment and recuperation. So these are uh, issues that need to be handled and the pharmacist and the pharmacy services provider and the technology professionals who support the pharmacy services provider, these entities are in an ideal position to have an enormous impact on the value being delivered in these episodes of care. And so that Mrs. Yuri not only goes home happy and healthy, but she calls her son up and says, you know, Todd, that pharmacist was just the nicest woman. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I'm excited to meet you in person. I will be at the 
conference on um, midweek. I believe it's the 12th through the 15th of June. It's upcoming. If you haven't registered, um, definitely go to integraconference.info. Once again, that's integraconference.info. Irving, thank you so much for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. We'd like to have you back. We have 18 different shows that we produce, and you would fit into probably 17 out of 18. So um, I think, and probably 18 out of 18. I just wanted to sound like one of those commercials, like four out of five doctors you know, want you to use this toothpaste or something like that. But um, very much appreciate your intuitive uh, setup for the upcoming conference and your presentation, which I'm looking forward to. And once again, I uh, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Todd. It was my pleasure. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We were talking with Irving Stackpole, who will be at the Integra conference this coming uh, mid-June, June 12th through 15th. And as always, we thank you so much for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.